What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Week 11 is here, which means you only have four more weeks before the playoffs begin. Absolutely wild that we are already at this point. So we definitely need to be thinking about how our teams are going to look for the playoffs. And it also means that depth is a little bit less necessary right now. Um, every single week, you know, more and more teams have finished up their buy. And so having a super deep team is just less value every week, less opportunities that you have to stream different players because you have a bunch of people on buy. So uh, we're going to go over that a little bit more in the trade video. But for now, start at least thinking about when you're picking someone up off free agency, you're leaning a little bit more towards handcuffs, towards upside players and not players where you're like, oh, okay, you know, that person might be able to get me like nine points in a fill-in. Who cares? You're probably not doing fill-ins that much anymore. You want to lean a little bit more to the high upside handcuff. So who are the top claims this week? Number one has to be Josh Dobbs if he's still there. Uh, he was awesome on the Cardinals. The fantasy production was a little bit up and down just because of him being on the Cardinals, right? At times, he didn't have that amazing of skill players around him transitions or gets traded to, I guess, a much more fantasy-friendly environment in the Vikings, and he's balling out. And the scary part is, you know, he's doing that with the banged-up Vikings offense, right? It's not like he went from the Cardinals to the Vikings with everyone healthy. Akers done for the season. Madison left last week with an injury. Jefferson out. Osborne out. Hawkinson playing through an injury. Like, everyone's hurt, right? And yet he still has 312 yards two touchdowns. He had a great game the week before coming in, not knowing any of the plays. It's his fourth straight game with at least 25 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Also, annoying note on the rushing front, uh, I suggested that we take the underdog higher on him in week five. It was a 20-yard line. I said, take the higher on 20 yards. He's got good rushing uh, upside. He had one rushing yard in that game. He has 25 or more in every other game since week two, 40 plus in seven of eight. Of course, the one time I say take the higher goes for one yard. But anyways, uh, he could be, probably is, not even could be, he is a quarterback one rest of season, could be, I don't know, top five, like he legitimately could be a top five quarterback rest of season, especially when they get healthy, when Jefferson comes back, you don't think that's going to help him out a little bit. If he's out there, you have to be getting him uh, behind him. I think you're looking at Keaton Mitchell again. Um, he's probably already claimed, probably already used number one claim on him. But if not, go get him now. Um, he had 38 more total yards than Gus Edwards this last week, despite 10 fewer touches. And he continued to play ahead of Justice Hill. Now, he didn't get a ton of touches. And I think a lot of that was because he was limited during the week with a hamstring injury. Uh, they didn't want to push him too far, right? Um, I'm thinking that's why the touches were a little bit down. But he looks incredibly explosive. He has, you know, two huge plays on barely any touches. Um, and just given how poorly Gus has been playing, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see that shift um, like the touch workload shift a little bit more towards Mitchell every week moving forward. Uh, the Ravens do have a fairly poor playoff schedule for running backs, but they're one of the best you know teams in the NFL. So I'm not overly concerned about that, but I'm more concerned about that with Gus than I am Mitch. Right? If you have Gus right now, you're like, oh, that's unfortunate. He's a bad schedule. Uh, we're actually talking about him in tomorrow's video for trade away. Uh, but if you are looking at Mitchell, you're like, well, you know what? 
he's free on free agency right now. And at least he has the upside to where things are trending in his direction. Things are trending up for him. He has league winning upside. That would come at the expense of Gus Edwards, who doesn't really have more upside than he's been displaying so far. After those two, um, they give a drop down to Devin Singletary and Ty Chandler. Um, these two offer a little bit of different outlooks, both in similar value, but I think Singletary ahead of Chandler. Chandler's more of a short-term play. If you need someone this week, um, I mean, Madison suffers a concussion almost 100% of the time when someone has a concussion, they don't come back the next week, takes them at least one week to return. And so the odds are Madison's not going to play this week if he's out. Um, I don't have, you know, full projections done yet, but the initial ones are done right now. And given the matchup against the Broncos, who just give up everything on the ground, been a little bit better against the passing attack recently, but give up everything on the ground. Uh, I mean, he'd be a running back too if we didn't have Madison this week. If there's a running back too, even if, if it's only for like a one-week rental, that's valuable on free agency and who knows if he performs well um if madison takes more time to recover like we saw with roshan johnson there are different possibilities where maybe you have him for two weeks but even if it's just one you know this late in the season uh if you've got people on by if you got injuries if you just don't have that great running back core you know if there's a running back to on free agency that's worth definitely going after um again slightly prefers Singletary because Singletary has that upside to where like, okay, we don't even know when Pierce is going to come back, but he's going to come back probably soon. If he does come back, I mean, Singletary has been playing really well. He could just maintain that job. Uh, and then if we think about um, offense wise, the offense is kind of like ascending. So there's a lot of things that are kind of, you know, positive indicators for Devin Singletary. Probably the more likely of the two to already be rostered, but if he's not, it would be Singletary and then Ty Chandler. After those three running backs, you're looking at the handcuffs. So I think after um, the three we mentioned, there probably aren't any out there that are you know really valuable rest of the season that are not handcuffs. I would say Charbonnet is the top running back handcuff, followed by Ty J Spears. Both would be elite plays if Ken Walker or Derrick Henry got injured. After those two, you can look at Elijah Mitchell, Rico Dowdle, uh, Travion Williams, Tank Bigsby, and Zamir White. Probably in that order is how I would claim them. Uh, and actually, I say the word claim. I would probably add that entire list. So the first two, um, if we're looking at Charbonnet, um, if we're looking at Tajay Spears, you could put a claim in for them. I would imagine if neither of them have been claimed so far, it's probably unlikely someone goes after them this week. So maybe you can just add, but definitely only add Mitchell, Dowdle, Travion Williams, Bigsby, and Zamir White. You don't need to be spending claims for them because there's nothing that indicates like this is going to be the week there's an injury. But if you have one more spot on your bench, maybe you had, you know, low upside wide receiver, you've got a backup quarterback, a backup tight end, you're like, I'm not using this player. I would la rather like use that piece for one of those running backs just in case there is an injury. Those are ones, you know, those are five that I think have significant upside if they became the starter. And who knows, you know, you definitely want to be adding them before that happens because we be the number one claim if there's an injury, you know, I think worth it for the upside. A wide receiver, there's nothing really, uh, really just the names we talked about for weeks now. Noah Brown is the top option. Uh, seems like he's, you know, carving out a nice role for himself on offense, even after Woods returning. Um, I thought Woods would have a larger target share last week upon returning. Didn't really happen. Noah Brown was still awesome. Uh, will probably decrease once Nico is also back. Uh, but again, carving out a good role, playing well, 
pretty unlikely that they go oh, completely away from using him given how well he's playing. And so definitely a good player to add. Um, I would say like a few percent fab though. You don't have to go crazy there, especially if you're in like an eight or 10 team league. Gets better as you go to 12 and 14. Then uh, Demario Douglas, Michael Wilson, both fairly low upside wide receivers. Two that you don't have to go after, but like if you're looking for someone in let's say a 12 team league and up, um, especially in like a full PPR format, especially for um, Demario Douglas, you know, both of these two players are playing very well, both rookies this season, um, both, you know, could see expanded roles as the season goes on. For Douglas, his entire team around him has been trash. Um, that's not the case for Wilson, but it's like for Douglas, you have that, you know, high-end target share because everyone else stinks. For Wilson, it's, well, now he has Kyler. The upside of the offense gets a little bit higher. Uh, and besides, you know, Marquise Brown, there's no one else really competing for targets there. For wide receivers, obviously McBride is there. Um, but both have good opportunity. Um, I would just say, you know, neither one of them I'm thinking, oh, is going to break out this week. They're probably going to kind of do what they've been doing. And if that's not enough for your team, you don't have to be going after them. I would say probably 12 team leagues and up for those guys. Uh, for quarterback streaming, also a pretty tough week. Uh, among my top 15 ranked quarterbacks right now, the only ones that I would think are on any free agency list are Josh Dobbs, who we went over first. Um, I would use a number one claim on him. I'd spend a ton of fab on him. Um, Sam Howell versus the Giants this week. Uh, maybe Brock Purdy's available versus the Bucks, And then Russell Wilson versus the Vikings. The other 11 in the top 15, I don't think are available anywhere. And so... If you're streaming, you're hoping that one of those four is available, and that's how I would order them. Um, I'd spend maybe like, I mean, it depends on your situation, league size, everything, but around 20% of fab to get Dobbs if he is available. But like, let's say you still got like 80 of your $100, right, in fab, and you have um, Trevor Lawrence, and you're like, I can't deal with this anymore. I need him. I mean, there's not that many weeks left, and if you really need quarterback, I think Dobbs is awesome. Like, sure. Go up it really as high as you want. I don't think it matters at this point. Um, but yeah, 20% is like a good kind of average there. Uh, the rest of them are worth maybe like 3%. If you need them, I wouldn't go crazy for any streaming quarterback other than Dobbs, who I don't think is a streamer. I think is a quarterback one rest of season. Uh, and again, you shouldn't be streaming the playoffs. Like you really do need to figure out quarterback before you get to the playoffs if you are streaming right now. At tight end, uh, definitely check out Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he's been out for a while, and he hasn't really done a whole lot this season, but should be returning off IR soon. We will see players have setbacks, players take longer to recover than we think, but there's a possibility he returns soon. And if he does, you know, pretty sure a lot of people have forgotten about him on free agency. And so if you're looking for a slight tight end upgrade, maybe you don't really have a top five to seven option. He could be someone you go after. Uh, Steelers do have a pretty poor remaining schedule for tight ends, but their playoff schedule is positive, and so at least there's that. Uh, only other tight end I saw on free agencies is Tanner Hudson, and it would only be in deeper leagues. Um, Irv Smith has played pretty bad this season, and so not shocking that they're kind of moving a little bit away from him. Uh, Hudson's gotten some snaps the last few weeks, and he's done really well with them. Like He's only played 36 snaps, but over these last two weeks on those snaps, he has 12 targets. I mean, 12 targets on 36 snaps is incredible. Caught 10 of them, 78 yards. Again, not lighting the world on fire. He is not going to be a league winner no matter how deep your league is. I don't care if you're in a 20-team league. He's not going to be a league winner. But 
you know, if you're in a, a full PPR 14 team league and you're like, I cannot figure out tight end to save my life, uh, Tanner Hudson, not a bad option there. Then finally, uh, for streaming defenses this week, not a bad week. Uh, Commanders versus the Giants is an option. Uh, Chiefs versus the Eagles. We'll get to why there in a second. Uh, then Lions versus the Bears and Jaguars versus the Titans. Um, Chiefs might throw you for a loop, but it's because of their playoff schedule. So if you're looking to stash a defense for the fantasy playoffs, they get the Patriots in week 15. They get the Rams in week 16. Two really, really good opportunities for fantasy production, especially the week 15 one against the Patriots. And so again, if you're looking to stash a defense, probably wouldn't play them this week against the Eagles. But if you have someone else, you want to stash them and use them in the future. They're also just a very good defense. And so on average, they'll do well, but in these you know easy matchups, they have significant upside. Um, but then Commanders, Lions, Jaguars, those are the three. None of them generate sacks at a high rate, and that's really what we want for streaming, right? Because if we can get sacks, that just gives us like a baseline of a few points each week. Maybe get a few more points if they don't give up, you know, like 27, and so you're kind of at like six or seven points, and then you just want the turnovers, right? And when you sack someone, you open up the door for fumble recoveries, but also defensive touchdowns also when you're generating a lot of pressure you can force interception so you want teams generating pressure and getting sacks so you look at those three and you're like well they're not really doing that but giants and titans two of the teams are going up against um they've given up sacks at the highest and second highest rates this season and then the giants and bears have given up the most and third most points to opposing fantasy defenses plus all three play at home that's just a little bit more ideal for generating sacks and turnovers because of the crowd noise. And so uh, I've got Commanders and Lions inside my top five this week. I think they're third and fifth. It might also be fourth and fifth. And then Jaguars are ninth. So all three are top 10 defense plays this week. So that is a look at how the waiver wire is looking this week. I'll be back tomorrow to look at the fantasy playoff schedules and see who we should be trading for because they have really good schedules in the fantasy playoffs. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that one. But that'll do it for this one. Please leave a like if you watched this far. And thanks for watching.